0: Welcome to the Train Happy podcast with me, Tally Rye. This is the podcast that helps you have a feel good relationship with fitness, food, and body image. And this week, I am chatting to Chloe Pierre. Chloe is author of the book, Take Care, a black woman's guide to wellness. She is founder of the community Thyself. She was formerly in marketing and now she's a mum. And we had such a great conversation, really discussing wellness. And it got quite political at times. I really think we really... um, Yeah, we went there. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation and really take on board Chloe's perspective on wellness and how she is trying to make it more inclusive, more accessible, and more for everyone. Of course, before we get into that, we have to hear from this week's Train Happy Trooper of the Week. This week's Train Happy moment came into our WhatsApp via text from Rachel. Rachel says... Hiya, I just wanted to share my train happy moments. Short and sweet really, but basically on a whim, I went to roller skating at Paradise Skate World in Manchester. Haven't skated probably since I was 10. I'm 38 now. and was never very good at the graceful stuff, gymnastics or even general sporty stuff. I just didn't enjoy it. But after a short time, I was confident and found myself whizzing around. I didn't even look at my Fitbit or notice my heart rate, etc. I was so joyful skating about for over an hour. It felt so fun, I could have gone on for more. Turns out, as per my Fitbit, I also had such a good workout, as in it raised my heart and steps, etc., without even realizing. It wasn't punishing or monitored anyway, it was just pure joy. I can't wait to go again and get my own skates. It's honestly probably the most fun I've had other than hiking when exercising in years. I've really been looking for some way to move my body for fun and not just as a punishment and having stepped away from that and into intuitive movement and intuitive eating in around 2018. Rachel, I love you sharing this with us and I love so much that the the theme of our Train Happy Moments recently have been so centred around Joy and doing the fun stuff that you used to do as a kid and how great it is. I love this. Roller skating is really having a comeback, isn't it? And love that you shout out Paradise Skate World in Manchester. You know, if there are other people in that area, perhaps that's somewhere for you to check out too. But definitely, I think it's so good to go and do these forms of movement without, you don't need to track it. You don't need to know anything about it. If you know you had a good time, that is all that counts. So if you would like to share your train happy moment with us, of course, we'd love to hear from you. You can text us like Rachel did, or you can send in a voice note. If you want to send us a WhatsApp, you can send your train happy moment to 07599927537. And hopefully we will hear from you get to share it online. And if you have a question, maybe we'll answer it. Make sure you're following us on Instagram as well, at Train happy Podcast, where you can see lots of behind the scenes and get the latest on what episodes coming up that week and see clips as well. We'd love to have you over there. But enough from me, everyone. Let's get into this week's conversation on wellness with Chloe Pierre chloe welcome to the podcast thank you for having me okay let's start then with chatting about about you let everyone get to know you obviously you're author of take care you're also founder of thyself which is like an online wellness community but how did we get there
1: right so i have to add about two more things to that so of course i'm an influencer Um, I also started everything from being a digital marketer. So I started my career early days in uh, PR. And on top of that, I'm a mummy. You
0: are a mummy. How could we forget? Yeah, so
1: those are my my current titles. I feel like I'm going to add a few more to that. Actually, I'm a life coach now, officially as of last week. So I'm going to be going into that area. I also want to do more voiceover work. But this isn't a podcast about my career dreams. It's about...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Firstly, make that CV long. We love it. But secondly, yeah, what was the path to get to get here to to want to write about wellness?
1: Yeah, sure. So I never imagined this would be my life. I never imagined being in the wellness sector at all. But I think having my career uh, being really fast paced and working with incredible brands and being able to see, you know, the parts of the business which aren't necessarily super sustainable. So whether that's fashion or even just lifestyle, um, and just seeing that we were selling a message and selling a dream and selling a life and all of these things, working behind some of the world's biggest brands, but we weren't really serving our communities. We weren't checking in on them. And when I say that now in 2023, it doesn't sound so wild, but when I started Thyself in 2018, October 2018, it was unheard of. And then to top it all off, I wanted to make wellness diverse. I wanted there to be representation. Later on, I decided that I wanted it to be equity based as well. So all of these things have grown with me as I've grown more aware of life, society, things in it. But I just thought, you know, even with thyself, I just thought this can't be right. Wellness feels so exclusive Mm. and that you have to look a certain way and come from a certain background and have a certain access to things in the world and I just didn't think it was right and me just having a glimpse of it being privileged enough to have some access to it I thought just this isn't right so I need to talk about it I need to do something about it that's why I started Thyself And I did, I started off with one event. Abby was there.
0: Hi, Abby. (laughs) Mutual friend, Abby um, is the one who brought us
1: two together, which we love. She's a babe, babe, (laughs) babe, babe. So yeah, she was actually at our event, our first event. And it's just grown from there when it comes to thyself. And the book came about, it was out of nowhere. I was super shocked. But when I think about it, I probably manifested it. And everything that I've done prior to that deal and that offer it was leading me in that direction anyway I wanted to be able to share what I knew about wellness and share all the practices and all the facts and information that I had spent like years researching you know I'm just one of those people I feel like I do so much research and it goes where and it's like personal research at night or up at 3am looking at wikipedia and like searching for different terms I was like this has to go somewhere So yeah, when they reached out to me, I thought, great, I'm going to do something big with this. And I remember putting together the proposal and writing down all the chapters and the contributors and what I thought would be in it. And then it dawned on me like what a huge job this is, not in terms of my output, but the fact that this hasn't really been done before. A wellness book, a wellness guide for black women in this Time of life, this century, this age, it hasn't been done before, especially not from a UK lens and especially not addressing the whole diaspora and including everyone else within that. You know, this book as much as it's a wellness guide for black women, it's for everyone. It's for everyone that considers wellness a part of their journey or wants to learn more about wellness from a lens of a black female. It's for everyone. Um, I think there's so many stats in there and I made sure that it was stat driven because I was not having it being another fluffy wellness book. I wanted it to people to know the facts and how we can move forward. You know, it's not doom and gloom. But it's also straight to the point.
0: Yeah. So I I think you're right. When we think of wellness, we think of thin white women. Yeah. That is what we think of. Yeah. And we think of thin white. We're also thinking a certain class of people. We're yeah. thinking. And we're thinking a certain space in a certain yep. facility. Mm. And you're right. I remember sitting down with um, someone a few years ago who is a Muslim, a hijabi woman who was like why do you think I don't go to any of these wellness events, these wellness festivals and things? Because there's like no one there that looks like me. Yeah. But if I put on an event, there are tons of women who look like me coming to these events. Yeah. And yet I go to these big kind of corporate big events. And look, I'll be my first to put my hand up and say, like, I've been speaking at those events. I've been invited to those events and I've yeah. attended those events. And you're right. You don't see anyone particularly like... The- <laughs> There may be, I think, a bit of tokenism, but do you yeah. really see true diversity? Like, I don't think no, because diversity we do is so wellness. wide
1: as well. But mm-hmm. some people think of it as just like our complexions. Because one thing about me is, I do not describe people as a race. I believe that only race is a human race. We don't have race in terms of um, complexions of skin where people are based on. I, d- I don't agree with that. So that will not be coming out of my mouth. But I do think that you know, that's what people focus on and what the physical um, outputs are. But diversity comes in so many forms. There's ableism um, Mm -hmm. filters when it comes to that as well. There's gender, there's so much. So yeah, I just think there needs to be so much work done in that area. And I know that it can be hard for corporate brands and just brands and people in general to be completely diverse. But It's not impossible, Mm. and it takes more than just one event and one opportunity, and also giving one opportunity to one person in this bracket that you think is right. It's not right, and it's lip service, and actually, it's quite offensive,
0: Mm. if
1: I'm being Mm -hmm. completely honest. And when we look back in history, and I say this all the time take care is a piece of legacy that I can leave with the world. I think that's what having a book is about. It's imparting information. That's This is mine and this is what I can give to the world. And also I can be proud of it. I know that I'm standing essentially on the right side of history. I'm including other people. I'm making a point of doing something and I'm doing it with good intention and from the heart. Whereas some people do it just to tick a box or to say that we are diverse. You're not diverse, you're not. And then on top of it, if you do have a diverse workforce as well, how are you treating them? How is that on an everyday basis? The job is so hard to be diverse that you have to be invested in it and you might not be able to see the outcome straight away. So that's just, and I think that's just with wellness in general.
0: Mm, I think especially like post 2020 um, and just the whole kind of conversation coming to the fore around race, around privilege and racism itself and... You know, I think people are a lot more aware, you know, myself certainly a lot more aware. Yeah. And yet you're right. I think then we think, okay, we'll just yeah. take a few boxes and just make sure we're covering that. And and actually, like you say, it's a continual practice yeah. and it takes time to cultivate um, truly inclusive spaces and conversations. And, you know, even with this podcast, you know, we, we want to have these conversations, you know, we can always do better. And I think there's a complacency maybe that like, oh, we addressed it one time and that's cool. And it's like, we need to continue, you know, the work of anti-racism, of of working to be being inclusive. And like you say, there's so many aspects of that. How in wellness, like what are the shortfalls you're seeing? Like if there were like, you know, key points that you could kind of tell our listeners to like, this is where we need to improve um, the wellness world.
1: Yeah, the world of wellness, I think it's passing the mic and I can see the illustration right there. It's passing the mic, not having specific people speak about specific subjects. I I find it really frustrating when you look at diversity and inclusion panels or committees and to be honest, from the outset, you can see that it's not diverse at all. So why would someone of a certain stature speak about everyone or for everyone? You can't and you shouldn't you should give up the mic so I think that is something that should be done I also get invited to a lot of diverse diversity in wellness panels and one I've not been asked to speak on it and two it's not diverse so again it's tokenism it's quite frankly embarrassing but that embarrassment does not lie with me and I think eventually time will tell but I think when it comes to wellness as well I think the inclusivity aspect has to be considered when it comes to financial wellness Mm. and the financial aspect to the well-being industry because we put so much focus on facilities and you know state-of-the-art equipment and all of these things but who is accessing them and you can't say you're inclusive and you're an inclusive wellness brand if your price points are just sky high and you haven't thought about your csr Mm. so you know in one breath some people someone could say or some companies could say well you know we've you know invested and rightly so they've invested so much in their equipment and their facilities that this is the price point they can see as a business how to make money and to stay afloat completely get it but that could always be addressed. There could always be CSR programs that you can run. Thyself does plenty for plenty of brands.
0: Can you explain what CSR means to those of us? Yeah, so you it's like corporate
1: social responsibility. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you can charge, like, for example, a sew house, you can charge people 150 pounds or whatever it is every month. But then what are you doing to actually invest in the communities that you're working with? And what is your social responsibility as You know as a company And loads of companies do have Or they say that they have a statement Around their corporate social responsibility But sometimes it's like Oh we'll just give this amount of cash To our you know charity partners But what else could you be doing Everything has to be intentional And I think that's generally what I'm saying About everything in wellness It has to be intentional And it has to be thoughtful And it's not And there's a very hard capitalist drive behind it and whilst I completely understand it because it's the world that we live in and it's the metrics that we use to describe success and how to move on but we also need to have a bit of emotional understanding and then needs to be an emotional drive we're not talking about stocks and shares which people do get emotional about by the way we're talking about people's well-being and their lives on this earth and their lives in your facilities and in your hands and the responsibility that you have around that.
0: Mm, You know, does that come in a practical way to things like different pricing, maybe more accessible pricing for people like tiered pricing? You know, I saw someone just promote something recently. They said, you know, if if there's kind of like you kind of fit certain criteria this is the price this is a suggested price which is a standard price and then if you'd like to pay it forward and then contribute to someone else being involved at, to the event this is there's a third price which is higher than that so there was three tiers of pricing you could pay and I thought I really love really loved the way it was phrased really loved the kind of model of that of going look even if you you're not in the financial position to afford this right now, but you could really benefit from it, we've made this more accessible for you. And you know, imagine if we brought that more into I think mainstream wellness places. You know, that say there is like an amazing fitness studio, boutique fitness studio, and that they have that option like to pay it forward. I love that, that there are people, you know, I always dreamed one day I would own, have my own gym one day. And I don't know if that will happen, I don't know. But I always felt like I would love to do stuff where that as as a company in my mind, I always wanted to do something where, there was free stuff available for people so your community can access free stuff and then the people who are able who have the privilege to be able to afford to pay pay a certain fee and that might be a more premium fee to help fund the free stuff but that there's you know there's ways to serve everyone if we're all open to investing in everyone and I feel like that's what I'm hearing you say like we need to it's not everyone for themselves it's think of the broader community think about how other people can benefit from accessing these spaces. Definitely, and there's
1: so many like grassroots programs as well. So even if like a space or a community or yeah, a current facility doesn't, necessarily know what to do that you can invest in other ways you know so I do like that tier system that you said but there there's so many different ways and the only way we're going to know if it works is to try it yeah um but there has to be that element of intention again to do it and to make it last and to roll with the punches as you would do like any kind of business aspect so I just think there's more to be done and I hope that people listen into some things that I say, but also just do your research and see what's out there. I'm not the only person speaking about this. Um, there's so many people with in my own network and across the globe that are, you know, fighting for the same thing. So it's not wild at all and can be done.
0: So we've kind of mentioned that there is this wellness gap. And I don't know if you've heard the phrase the worried well. That's one of my favorite phrases. No. Well, it's often about, it is kind of used a lot um, within spaces, especially like sort of anti-diet spaces when we're talking about people who, if we're talking about wellness, we're thinking about wellness from a privileged perspective and saying that there are a lot of people with privilege who are obviously chucking their money at every greens powder under the sun, every like juice thing, and then this like high-end gym membership, and then these supplements, and then this, this is the new thing that's gonna like cure me and you know what's the biggest factor like that contributes to our health and well-being where you live your postcode yeah. because that tells you that tells us about the environment in which you live your socioeconomic status you know how much access do you have to green spaces and clean air from that perspective but also you know what how much autonomy do you have in your day-to-day life in your job and yeah. all of those things and we consider those so Often, when we think of wellness, we think of like, but you, the people pursuing wellness, largely, are privileged people. Yeah, myself they, included. Yeah, and myself included. Yeah. Right, and you know, I go I, I actually find this kind of helps me put it in perspective the idea of the worried well, because I think it goes to show we have been told. I think wellness tells us that like our health and our well being is a hundred percent in our control, and it's not. And actually, it's quite. I personally find it oddly reassuring to know that, to know that I can contr- try and control everything. I can take all the supplements, I can do all the workouts. I can, you know, do all the meditations and all the sleep stuff and all the all the stuff. And yet there are things outside of my control to do with environment, to do with my genetics, to do with just so many factors. And it's like, ugh, if I can just breathe and let go, that that's nice. So this idea of the worried well being that, those people who are actually already pretty good by society standards they're in they're they're doing well and yet they're always worrying and fearing and often buying into wellness out of fear right when it's like you're good, actually the people who most need access to wellness practices, like you say are those who probably don't have the financial access to them. and how do we help them on a broader scale beyond just, a supplement you know it's more like like you were saying you know how can we help you build self-esteem get into the job you want um it's a sharing of information as well so it it's like
1: financial wellness could help so many people get out of yes. cer- so many different circumstances but that information isn't available you have to think about then why are they not taught it in schools and why certain schools are taught information on how to run businesses and have capital and have assets and others are not. Mm -hmm. I didn't go to a school that taught me that at all.
0: I did technically go to a business and enterprise college I don't remember being taught that. I could have easily not paid attention. But I went to a state school and I think there's often a lot for saying that, the, especially in the UK, the difference between a private education is and a state school education yeah.
1: are so different. And so different. They're purposeful in what they're creating. They're creating, in my opinion, the business owner or mm. you know the politician. Or they're creating the worker and the laborer. So I uh, I do understand that our society has been made that way. Mm. That's why what you're saying is like it's not in really in our control. But what we can do is once we have that information, we can share it. Mm. Um, and there are loads. Of, there's loads of information out there right now. But sometimes are they still accessible? No, not everyone that I grew up with or that uh, in the area that I live with can watch. Podcasts like this, or be in touch with podcasts like this. You know, you think, well, it's only on the internet, but we're all echo chambers of each other, and we're echo chambers Time. of our environment. Time so, is
0: the biggest, yeah, like privilege of all. And yeah. if you if you're working multiple jobs and you're stressing about getting food on the table, especially right now in the UK, and paying bills, and paying bills. Like I said, the podcast and supplements and the workout regime and da, 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 go out the window. The biggest thing we can do for people is especially like financial well-being, That's the biggest thing we can do people. The biggest thing we can do for people is make sure that people are earning a fair wage, earning enough money to live on and support to like, to actually live on, not, not survive on, but live on. And I think that's the difference. Yeah,
1: there's so much to be said about it though. I think if there are private businesses and the private sector that are listening to this then that's in our control Mm. Um, and I would like to probably see more of that again it comes down to corporate social responsibility CSR Mm. and that affects every single one of us you don't have to be the business owner to be a part of that Mm. you can still contribute to that and I think that's another part of diversity and wellness that I speak about and that I always encourage people to do is that if you want to see the change you have to be the change I didn't just wake up and Someone handed me this opportunity. I grinded for it, and I made like my own way. And you can do that too. And you don't have to do it the same way that I've done it. You don't have to speak in the same tone that I have either. You can just, you know, really like harp onto your HR department about what what is our social responsibility? Social responsibility. What is it that we believe in as a company? What are our missions? I just let me just rejig my mind and and then see what you can do. Everyone can play an active um, part of that. And then hopefully I believe that if enough private sector companies are doing that, then it will force change in other places that we don't have control over.
0: Yes, so we've spoken about the public level. On a personal level, what do you think that we can do to make wellness more accessible, more equitable?
1: Yeah, I think on a personal level, Every person that accesses a space can just be intentional about being there. I know sometimes we all have bad days, but from my personal experience, and I'm sure you've experienced this at a certain time as well, is that I've been to a space that I felt really privileged to be in and I thought it was beautiful and it was like everyone was talking about it, especially in the wellness world, and I was so happy to be there. And I go in there and for whatever reason, probably based on how I look, I'm not given the same experience. So whether that's being the only plus size woman in the room or being a black woman in a white only space. For me, on a personal level, there's so much we can be doing. Not, It's not just the company. It's the people that are attending it. And sometimes that's where the problem is It's because it's so cliquey. Mm. So everyone has to look a certain way. So when you get anyone that is remotely different coming into that space, not only do they feel intimidated, but for some reason, the majority feel intimidated or that they have to protect what they've built, that exclusivity again. So what I would say to everyone is just to be mindful of how you behave and the kind of body uh, body language that you give off because that has a detrimental effect on every person entering that space, being a part of it. It also makes them consider whether they are worthy enough of being in that space or accessing that activity. And that is not any one person's job to make someone else feel as if they're not a part of it, you know? Uh,
0: yeah, everyone has a right to be there and everyone should yeah. have the same right as each other to be there.
1: A hundred percent. And I think we know that, but sometimes it's it's just like culture. It's just mm-hmm. what a lot of people know. And, you know, just like we talk about the government and places like that, just being an all boys club. Well, the same thing happens when you go into wellness spaces, you know? They're privilege clubs, mm-hmm of women and people that look a certain way and that can subscribe to a certain way of life and you know I just think there needs to be work done like everyone accessing the space don't leave it up to the gym or the facility to teach you like the guidelines of how to behave you should know how to do that anyway so I would encourage everyone just to be aware of their biases their behaviors, their privileges, and also how accessible they are making the space.
0: One size fits
1: all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare.
0: That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. we need to address our own internal biases here and go like, am I having a reaction to someone being somewhere where I usually go? Maybe it's your your local gym or your, your favourite class, You're a reformer Pilates class. Now, I love a reformer Pilates class, Chloe, but it's like, I'm there and I've moved to Surrey now. So Surrey's even more white and middle class and even less, far less diverse than London. And, you know, I'll go in and I can imagine... Um, if someone turned up, maybe if you came to class and people would be like, oh, you know, I I imagine, and I don't know, because I I don't I, I don't know everyone's reasons, but I imagine there might be some people with a reaction of like, oh, this is different, or they're making judgments about that person. Why are they, you know, yeah. or they're even thinking about it. And it's like, oh, well, firstly, A, notice your judgment, and B, really reflect on like, why are you having that reaction? Yeah, that because crazy. these biases may be learned and and part conditioned but they're also not permanent and it's actually imperative that you know it's not on chloe's you know it's not your responsibility to tell us all what to do to be better people especially you know me sitting here as a white woman it's not your job to be like right now tally you need to go and do xyz it's like tally like you need to check yourself and you need to go and make sure you're interrogating inter- all those biases and why you do think the way you do about certain things and like, what is the root of all of that? You know, and trace it back. It's what what I'm hearing is you. It's like it's not necessarily like huge grand gestures, no, but it's just the, the body language opposite. and the vibe. <laughs> it's like, just bring a welcoming vibe like, Yeah.
1: Yeah, because the huge grand grand gestures could actually be quite offensive at the same time. Yeah, there's just, there's so much into it. And for me, especially with Take Care, like I wanted people to read it and to feel as if like they don't have to justify their experiences, you know? I've always felt as if I had to justify my experiences, why I've done certain things, why I feel like this in this space. It's almost me not only being like, Singled out and othered, but then I have to explain that to someone else. And then I have to wait for them to validate my response. And then they might even query or just like, you know, question my response. But you would have no idea what it feels like. So just like eliminating that, I personally don't believe it needs to be in there. We're just going into a space to help ourselves and to like feel better. Why can't that be a judgment free zone? Because you should really be there because you want to focus on yourself not looking at other people as to say, do they fit in?
0: And I don't know if you feel it as well, like post 2020, like last couple of years, like there has been a big push to be more inclusive. And I think like from multiple angles, I think, you know, we especially talk a lot about and Train Happy Podcasts, like we're often talking about size inclusivity, especially within fitness and wellness and like how, you know, we're just not seeing different shaped bodies represented in advertising, in media, in these spaces. And you know what? I think we're seeing it a lot more, you know? Yeah. Um, Again, it needs
1: to not be tokenized. It needs to not just be, oh, we're doing it at the moment. Like, so Mm. it's International Women's Month. So we are going to have all female focus events for the month of March. Don't ever think you're going to see that at any other time of the year. That's tokenism. Mm. You know, if we're going to have an all (laughs) black focus wellness class And we're going to do it for uh, like Black History Month. Like, again, that's a problem because you're only saying that we're welcome in that space, and we, as in whoever's being othered, is open, is welcome to that space at that time of the year. You know, again, what is the longevity of this? So, yeah, I think it's an effort, but. Again, they're just. I, I have to drill back down to intention. What is the intention behind it? Do you actually want people in that space? Do you want to see that change? Or are you doing it because we saw someone die on camera and we all feel as if we needed to make a change? Mm. Because I know for a fact, when 2020 happened, books like mine unfortunately wasn't out at that time, but books like mine were being bought and left in the store. Yeah, so what is that saying? It's saying I'm going to contribute because I think it's the right thing to do, but actually I don't care enough to do it really. Mm. So almost why do it at all? Yeah, um, don't so invest I'm on a surface level. I'm not phased by mm. the change of 2020 and within the black community, we call it the summer of 2020. I'm not phased by it at all. I, I think there's so much more to be done. Mm. You know, you could learn about people's cultures and why they feel like that and why statistically it's happening. I know the facts. I shouldn't have to relate it to other people because I found it on the internet. Thank God for the internet because mm. there's no books on it, mm. so everyone could do the same thing if you really care.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: <laughs> no,
0: you're right. I think you're like, like I said, like we have so much access to information these days. It's not up to people to spoon feed us. Um, and and I think you can't talk about wellness without talking about the politics politics of it all because I think that it is. You know, I think health and wellness is is a political issue. To think that it isn't, like I said, is a naivety and likely means that you're speaking from a place of privilege where you don't realize. I hope this conversation has been a bit of a spark for people to go like, I'd never thought about it that way before yeah, it's like, not a point oh, in the finger thing no, as well no it's... no no it's just going like oh this could be my my wake-up call to be like oh hang on a second I've noticed my thought patterns and certain things Or I've noticed I felt that way about yeah. xyz and like I need to be more open-minded quite frankly and because, because you know, I I still get things
1: wrong and it's like okay but and no one likes that feeling of being wrong and, and mm. I know that feeling but it's like okay what well, I do like all the research I can, not necessarily to not make that mistake, but to not make that person feel
0: mm-hmm. away
1: or that community feel away and feel as if they're not they're not worthy of me actually like researching where they've come from um, and what trials and tribulations they have and how they fit into the world. So yeah yeah, just hopefully whoever's listening to this like just just see it from try and see it from that point of view and yeah, I just think there's so much room to grow. But growing has a certain mindset. Mm. And that's something that you can cultivate through wellness, I believe.
0: So I was wanting to know like what you think wellness wise is worth it. And what is bullshit? Personally, I think there's a lot of wellness bullshit out there, but there are a few things that are worth it. But like I said, I think I think things get overhyped. What in your view is worth investing in or worth practicing taking into consideration? Okay,
1: so- off the cuff, I, you know, there's when I started thyself, there were so many brands that would shove the word self-care in the description of their products. So my question to them and whoever's listening is, do you think that a facial cleanser, how much of a priority is that in your wellness journey or your wellness practice? Of course, it's a part of our everyday practices. Mm. But for me, I think the brands that target people based on that kind of language, knowing that their products actually don't even have the, you know, the right ingredients or they're not targeting the right the right people in the right way and giving them the education to know how to utilize some of the ingredients in their products, I think is wrong. So my big issue was working or just seeing brands that say you're going to buy uh you know you can get your self-care or up your self-care game by buying our product i don't really like that branding and that's coming from someone that's a marketer i get it but it's just lazy and it's incorrect and i think we have to be so consumer focused that we're actually thinking about the person buying our product is it going to do that for them Mm. do you need to tell them it's just one part of your journey Mm. And you can maybe do something else. Um, I know someone called Kate who has the Wild Sauce brand, which is now at Liberty. And she's got a beauty care and beauty skincare focus brand. And what she has is products that she sells that are, you know, very naturally derived ingredients. But then she aligns them alongside a meditation. So while she's not saying our products, are self-care focused she's saying you can do this which is and I like that alignment It's obviously very smart marketing but at least it's a step in the right direction instead of her just saying this is a self-care product and you're going to love it and it's going to change your life cbd is another big one I think it's how it's marketed as if it's you know everywhere
0: everything seems to be a cbd product yeah I think they've I've, got some
1: political green light on it That's why now there's an increase worldwide of uh, CBD brands. But I think it can be used really well, as again, in conjunction with other things and a part of the overall lifestyle um, kind of change. But it's not going to change your life straight away. We live in a society now where everyone wants an immediate change that's not going to happen.
0: And also, do you think they want to attribute it to a single product? Yes. You know, I'm doing i'm doing 10 things but it's this cbd drink that's the thing and it's like in conjunction with all the other things you're doing you started going to bed at a reasonable time you started you know eating more fiber you're pooing more regularly like getting out you're
1: walking you're being in nature (laughs) the
0: sun is finally coming out like spring is on its way like all of these things make a difference i think this is my issue with wellness sometimes it's like It tries to get pinpointed to that one Yeah, like it's a magic
1: fix and there's no magic fix and we should stop using that kind of language in our marketing and things because there is no one single fix. Like, there isn't. There's so much that we have to do internally, Mm. let alone what we buy
0: Mm. and the way
1: that we behave.
0: Well, that was another question. I felt like we probably should have said this at the beginning of the podcast. (laughs) She says in hindsight, but what is your definition of wellness because what i'm hearing is a very holistic definition in the sense that it's not just a product a you know cute active wear and you know a cbd drink but it's really about therapy and taking care of yourself your mental health your physical it's the health way, your for well-being me,
1: wellness is the way you live your life and it's in every part of that i think wellness is everything everything I think it's in everything. It's a part of everything. It's your mindset around it. So for me, it's wellness is, yeah, it's the way you live your life and the mindset you have and the choices that you make and the actions that you make. I think it's in everything.
0: What are your kind of key wellness practices? Just to stop
1: and to think about what I'm going to say or what I'm going to do and where that comes from, like what you said Mm. other people can do. I think... It sounds easy to do. It's not easy to do, especially when you're in like in the heat of a moment or you feel as if you've just been embarrassed and you've been put on the spot. But for me, because I've had quite a few of those situations where I've had to stop and think about my actions, the way that I see things, unlearning what I've been taught and what, how I've been shown what the world is and how to treat people and how to distinguish people it's it's an everyday practice you know even having a child now I'm relearning how I think it is to be parenting and to be parented um I'm learning that all over again and for me I'm doing that within with a wellness focus because I guess again I'm privileged to know that there's things like the mother wound and there's parenting issues that get passed on through generation, generation. And I want to eliminate that. So I do give myself myself time to just stop and think and to see if there are any other options available to me. I think it's easy for me. Well, it's not easy, but I can say that I'm privileged, but I think there's a lot of privilege that comes in learning. And I think learning is an ongoing part of being a human being not absolutely. everyone is open to it but
0: absolutely I think like, I'm 32 right now and I'm like to think that I might know it all right now oh, could God, be no. the most arrogant thing ever to I'll think tell you that I haven't got more to know.
1: <laughs> my 18 month old thinks he knows everything <laughs> my 13 year old cousin thinks she knows everything and me at 35 I don't think I know any everything anymore um but I definitely did. There's so much to learn and we just have to keep ourselves open. In a way, if you want to be selfish about it, that's what keeps us young and it keeps us going. Like, I want to be that person at 70 that's still like, what's that? I want to be a part of it. How can I help? Like, Mm. here are my hands. Here are my resources. Like, let's go. Mm. That's who I want to be. And I think that's a life well spent, in my opinion. And I am all about a life well spent and leaving legacy and essentially doing the right thing because yeah the alternative just doesn't seem I don't want to put effort into something that doesn't make sense
0: so for you like the opposite of wellness then is you almost working against yourself yeah in a holistic sense like right I'm hearing you saying when it comes to wellness like I said I think we think of wellness when we think of all the like products that come with it and stuff but I love this definition of like do you know what it's being really conscious and and it's having self-awareness and it's choosing to, you know, intentionally move through the world with open-mindedness, kindness, less reactivity and more listening. And, you know, I think that those are the ingredients of like really lovely people. Because, you know, when
1: you do something or you say something that I guess maybe you didn't have full intention behind, or you do something without, like, yeah, your full intention. You can sometimes go home and think about it, and you're in, mm. you're going to sleep, and you think about it, and like,
0: why did I say it that I don't way? Want or... To live that
1: life, no. Yeah. So if I just stop in that moment and actually give myself time to think in that moment, or the grace mm. to think about it over time, then I can process it. I can then share that information with other people. That's my line of work, obviously, but mm-hmm. I can do that. And then I can feel better about it. And then, like you said, like I can just be intentional with my life mm-hmm. and not have to think I missed something there or I could have done that better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think this is really, really helpful. So you are a mummy. We do need to um, mention that. (laughs) How, yeah. How are you taking this practice into being a mum? I'm really interested into what you're saying about parenting um, and how you're kind of navigating all of that with this wellness mindset.
1: Yes. It's really important. Our home has been very intentional. Everything about it has been intentional. Everything inside it is intentional. You know the way that I parent is um, for my family. It seems a little bit odd. I don't think in my culture or my heritage children are often given the space to just be children. There's always an expectation put on them, which they're going to experience like as you get older anyway. That's maybe something that I'm fighting against. You know, I don't want my son to do that. I want him to figure out who he is, what's important to him, how he can behave in this world and how he can treat himself and other people. I, you know, I'm trying to include that. So, you know even little things like encouraging independence at home so getting him to help me cook from a young age so he's got his own cutlery set encouraging him to he's 18 months to put on his own clothes which not a lot of people do but he's he's doing and he's doing quite well with it i question him about things as well so although he can't speak so much i start that conversation anyway.
0: Yeah, I heard someone else say this. They're like, even if my child doesn't pick up on it, I kind of talk to them yeah. like they're an adult. Not I say that, an have... adult, but like I talk to them like they understand. Well, the alternative to not talking like an adult is talking, like
1: they're talking to them like they're babies.
0: Yeah. How
1: far can they go with that? Yeah. They're going into a world where they're going to have to be, you know, spoken to in a certain mm. way and have to respond in a certain mm. way. So when we do come home he doesn't get it of course he doesn't but I'm just like how was your day yeah Um, you know and choosing to wake up with that kind of energy it's not happy all the time you know I'm a human being and I go through a lot so it's not that I have to be happy all the time but I can be intentional I can wake up and say good morning you know I'm really grateful for you Mm. I'm really grateful for what we have and when he gets present like that's so nice Isn't that nice? Mm. Aren't you grateful? Mm. Or are you grateful? You know, it's just having, it's using that kind of language. And Mm. yeah, my family are like, gosh, it's so ridiculous. But it's like, I I know the kind of person I'm creating. And I know a little bit more about the world that we are currently living in. And maybe what's to come Mm. more so than my parents do. Because Mm. they've grown up in a world that was very different to ours. And it's almost as if like, this is it now for them. We're up here. This is what they used to be living in, and they're happy with that. But I'm I'm looking outside of that, so I'm preparing him for that. Um, so yeah, so I think it's it's fun, and there are so many outlets and resources for me to to kind of maneuver in that space. There's lots of information out there. I'm guess I'm like gentle parenting mm. um, and intentional.
0: And uh, I mean, I personally, I find it all very interesting. I don't have a child, but I kind of- am Oh, but well, to... I was so
1: interested before I had yeah, to. Yeah,
0: well, I'm taking it on board because I want to like, I want to think about this stuff now. So yeah. I'm not trying to do it on the job.
1: You're doing great.
0: Thanks. Um, But thinking about, like you say, gentle parenting in a way where it's like, you're not a walkover. My understanding of it so far is really just about like, being able to um be alongside your child, with their emotions and instead of kind of telling them off for their emotions or saying like go to your room if they're crying it's like I'm here with you and you know you may feel angry or upset about something but you know I'm, we're not scared of these feelings I think that's a big thing I've Massive. taken from it
1: yeah like so it's even in little things like when they cry and you could say oh don't cry mm. or why are you crying it's okay
0: it might not be okay yeah don't be silly it's not a big deal and yeah and but to them it is and you have to acknowledge that and I think validating them yeah exactly and just
1: yeah there's so many different things that I try and do with him as well with yeah just like managing his emotional place Mm. as well you know if he cries I I mean I still say no you're not Mm. having that no but I'm gonna hug you
0: yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and you you, have your you're boundaries. still going to get a
1: kiss because yeah. I just want to kiss you.
0: <laughs> He's cute. Yeah. He's a cutie. <laughs> um, oh, this has been lovely. I feel like we could talk about this for hours and just about everything for hours. But um, I have to finish by asking everyone, Chloe, what has been your most recent train happy moment? And this can be a moment of when it comes to movement. This can be a moment of... Um, you know, feeling good about your body or just, um, yeah, feeling like a win against diet culture? Like what has that
1: moment been for you? I always think that being out in nature is like my happy place. So being able to walk more, um, having, yeah, just that opportunity to walk more, taking my son on walks, and relearning what that looks like, especially from his eyes, has been really helpful. It's helped me feel better in my body because pregnancy just it can throw your totally, you know identity up and your identity alongside your body. And I, I'm growing in mm. that space. But yeah, I definitely. And oh my god, it's even changed like what I wear so my whole wardrobe I was so in love with it now I'm like oh I don't know if I'm that person but I'm walking my way through it so if I go on walks if I get to be with him that's our time that's our time in nature again I'm teaching him how to enjoy and be respectful of nature um so yeah that that would be my train happy space is being out in nature once the weather gets a little bit better. Um I'll be able to do more workouts outside and I can't wait for that because I was doing that the whole of my pregnancy. So he should be ready for it.
0: Yeah, he's an outdoor baby too then. He
1: is, yeah. He's uh my birthday's in June, he's in July, we have no excuse to
0: not be out. Summer babies. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, well it's coming, the sunshine is coming. Chloe, this has been a pleasure. Where can everybody find you, support you, and where can they buy take care?
1: Thank you. So if anyone wants to reach out, I'm just always open ears. I can't wait to have more conversations with people. Take care, the book, is out on all platforms um, in the UK. So anywhere that you think you can buy a book is where you can buy Take Care. And as well as Amazon. So if you're international based, uh, outside of the uk you can find us on amazon and i'm on instagram i'm also on tiktok and i'm at chloe pierre ldn but
0: you know
1: i'm I'm literally everywhere so if <laughs> if LinkedIn is your thing DM me on LinkedIn TikTok is a vibe you're going to get the most silliest version of me on there
0: we love silly versions yeah
1: me too Let's me live um, so yeah <laughs> just find me on all platforms I'm there and I'm always willing to talk to people and once I build the coaching business as well I just can't wait to join up with more people connection is key
0: connection is key thank you Chloe this has been lovely thank you for having me but that is it for this week's episode of the train happy podcast thank you so much for listening i hope you took something away from this episode and if you did please do let us know on social media you can find us on instagram at train happy podcast And we do want to hear from you. We want your questions. We want to hear your train happy moments. And we'd love to feature you as Train Happy Trooper of the Week. So remember, you can get in touch with us via our WhatsApp. It is 07599 927 537. And whatever podcast platform you're choosing to listen to us on, please rate and review. It really helps the show. And it really helps spread the train happy message. And that is it. It for this week, I'll be back with a brand new episode for you next Monday. See you then. Hold up.